Get control of your words. Get control of your story. Get control of your breath. Get over your fear of not being good enough. Get your dream clients, get them results, and get in Lifted. Welcome to the Get In Lifted podcast. I'm Kimberly here, your host. Today, we're going in on a solo episode. I'm going to be sharing all of the top stories of my coaching career when I felt like a fake, when I felt like a fraud, when I was dun 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 plagued with imposter syndrome. Yes, me too. Okay. One of the biggest challenges that we hear from the Enlifted coaches and our, the students of the Enlifted method is overcoming their imposter syndrome. And I have a lot of theories about why the coaching industry breeds so much imposter syndrome. I have a lot of theories around, you know, how it shows up in in part of this collective story that coaches feel like they're not good enough or they're not doing enough, why that exists. I'm going to talk about that later in the show. And I've experienced it firsthand myself. Like this is something that I have come up against the entire time that I've been coaching. This is something that as my career has advanced as I've gained more skills, as I've put myself in bigger positions of leadership, that the imposter syndrome, it continues, it changes its flavor, it changes the, you know, the things it's saying, but it still shows up. And if you're listening to this being like, what the heck is imposter syndrome? Well, it's the times that you feel like a fake, you feel like a fraud, somebody's going to find you out that you don't know enough, you couldn't possibly be good enough to do the thing that you're claiming you can do. And you doubt yourself, you second guess yourself, you wonder if this is ever really going to work out. I'm sure you know what that feels like. Maybe you're not calling it imposter syndrome, but I'm sure you know what that feels like. At some point, you come up against it, you hear it, and it's there. So the question is, is are you going to give into it? Are you going to allow it to let you fold and throw in the towel? Or are you going to learn how to overcome it and to step in and step up to the role and the leadership that you know you can complete and deliver upon? So I'm going to talk you through in today's episode, the top moments in my life and in my coaching career that the imposter syndrome was loud and that was coming up strong. And that was really creating a lot of pain (laughs) and struggle in my life that on the other side of the fence, now being a leader in the space of health and wellness coaching and fitness coaching, life coaching, right within lifted and teaching other coaches how to overcome this problem for themselves so that they can go out and they can make a bigger impact with their clients. And so that they can make a better living and income doing that. You guys know that you are important. The job you do is incredibly important. So Before I get into all of that, (laughs) before I get into all of the juicy times where I felt like a fake or where I felt like a fraud or where, you know, I almost quit, I want to tell you a little bit about what's been going on lately in my world and life and what you can expect coming up from the Getting Lifted podcast in 2024. So I've hinted to this a few times that I am in the process of upgrading and up-leveling this experience for you all and for myself. I've been working with Soulfire Productions in a course that they have called the Podcast Igniter, which is an absolute like 11 out of 10 recommend if you're a podcaster. Kelly and Bryn have been running this and I am absolutely thrilled with what I've learned through them and with them and how it has challenged me to be even better at what I do. Click that and send it to the Soulfire team so they can use me as a testimonial because I really mean it. It has been a very insightful and and very thought-provoking and in reigniting my fire for podcasting. 
through this experience. It's helped me get very clear about who the listeners are, what you guys like, topics of conversation, and how we can deliver even more and better content for you. And so through this process, what I've what I've learned and what I've discovered is this is debunking a layer of my imposter syndrome in real time, in real time, because I'm realizing that I have a lot of people listening to me. I have a lot of people learning through me and from me. And that I am, in fact, a leader in this space and that my voice is a leading voice. All things I set out to do in the beginning of my coaching career. And now it's happening. Abracadabra. Would you look at that? So some of the things that you can expect from us coming up in 2024, the numbers are telling the truth. They do not lie. You guys really like hearing from Mark England. Of course you do. Of course you do. I love chatting with Mark England. So we're going to have Mark as a more stable, consistent guest. You're going to have at least a few episodes a month of Mark and I discussing the details of the Unlifted Method, specific application of it, specific topics. And we're going to just really create that dynamic of us being the authority on the thing we teach. Because guess what? No one else is teaching the Unlifted Method. This is unique intellectual property to us. And so if we're not teaching it, who is? (laughs) right? Our students might be teaching it. They might be sharing it a little bit. And, and we're thrilled about that, but here's the deal. We want to be the source of information for these mindset tools that are game changer and that are going to help expand your coaching career. So you're going to get more Mark. And because we're still only going to put out one episode a week, that means you're going to get less interviews and that's okay because we'll still talk to leading coaches or researchers or influencers that really can bring a lot of value to the show. We're just going to have more steady and consistent voices from Mark and myself. We'll keep the coaches roundtable rolling too, because we know you loved speaking with Dave and Chase. And this is going to focus the content of this podcast even more onto the words, the story, and the breath, and how those things all play together to build that inner dialogue, the mindset, that story we tell ourselves. So that's what you can expect coming up from us here. So what that means as far as like practical nature, um, some of, I love when you guys send me recommendations for guests. I love when you pitch yourself to be on the show and please do not be offended. If I decline, this is something that we are, we are going to test and we are going to try and we are going to stick with, and then we are going to see where that takes us and see what the next iteration is. And, you know, here's the thing and the theme and the stories around imposter syndrome in discussing like what that means for me, what's coming up. Honestly, there is this aspect of me. This has changed. This is different. This is, oh my God, can I really, can I really deliver on what I'm teaching or what I'm talking about teaching and how we're talking about implementing and doing this? I'll tell you that based on the reps of every other stage of my career, which I'm about to walk you through, the imposter syndrome comes up for me still. Yes. And it's not nearly as loud and it's much easier to work through. It's much easier to recognize. And I'm about to tell you why. So travel back in time with me to when I was just completing the most epic health and fitness reclamation journey. Well, my most epic reclamation of my health and fitness and weight loss journey. I was living in New York city as a young 20 something working in a corporate job. And I found myself completely shut off, disconnected. I was burnt out. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I felt like I didn't have a real good community or friends that really understood me or got me. I was sick and tired of working for the man. Right. And I, I felt like there has to be more to life than this. 
But while I was in that stage of life, I was numbing and disassociating with food and a ton of alcohol and occasional what I would now call plant medicines. But at the time, I would call them drugs. And here's the thing. I found myself one day I woke up and I was so just out of my body. Like I realized I was very overweight. I was completely dissatisfied in my life. And I was like, I have to do something about this as a former athlete, as the daughter of a nutritionist. I was like, yo, this is so not, this is clearly not me. Like I know how to be healthy. I know how to be strong. I know how to be fit. So I recommitted my life to getting fit and it was hard and it was difficult. And over the span of two or three years, I ended up losing about 90 pounds. And in that process, I became so completely obsessed and addicted to health and wellness and optimizing my body, my mind, my spirit. I also realized during that time that I had a passion for writing. I also realized during that time that my mindset really mattered. I also realized during that time that my friends and colleagues were dumbfounded by my success because they had been trying to lose the same 10 pounds for years and years and years, yo-yoing up and down. And here I was, I lost 90 pounds, a completely new human and just with a new zest for life. And they kept asking me, Kim, what are you doing? What are you doing? How do you do this? Like, can you help me? Like what's going on here? So I started to notice that my story was different, that my results were different. I started to notice that I was able to make change in my own life that people really, really struggled to implement. And again, I was obsessed with learning everything I could around health, wellness, CrossFit at the time was the my workout of choice. I had gone through, you know, what's the best nutrition protocols? How do I like, how do I optimize my mindset? All of the things that, you know, eventually I now teach and coach. And I realized I was like, I don't want to work in an office anymore. I don't want to be in a job that does not fulfill me. I really want to help people get healthy because look at how many people out in the world are a wreck, right? We are, the country is mostly obese. People are really dissatisfied in their own headspace and heart space. And it's incredibly difficult for them to get access to the true education that they need. The healthcare system is failing them. Nobody's teaching you how to eat healthy or be healthy. You walk into the grocery store and you're bombarded with poison and you go into a gym and they just, you know, you're just a face check in and go do your thing. And hopefully you don't get hurt. I was seeing and watching all this. and I'm like, there has to be a better way. I started learning um, by consuming podcasts and by listening to as much information as I could, YouTube videos, reading books, like just when I say obsessed, I mean, literally obsessed. The only thing I wanted to talk about was health, wellness, fitness. And it became one day just like hit me that like, wow, I could become a coach. Like I could do that, that like there's, I'm living in New York city, boutique fitness is everywhere. There's a lot of personal trainers. I have my, my friends now that I'm, I'm meeting through the gyms that I go to and the workouts that I do. I'm meeting friends that are full-time coaches and trainers and you know, their lifestyle is very different than mine. And wow, wouldn't it be amazing if I could do that? And my first big imposter syndrome story that I came up against in switching and changing careers was actually not my own story. It wasn't my own. It was projected onto me. And here's what it was. I decided that I wanted to become a nutrition coach. I saw that there was an opportunity within the market in which I was working out in, right? A lot of the gyms that I went to, no one was teaching nutrition. I saw a desperate need for it with all of my friends and fellow gym members and people I was interacting with really needed education around nutrition. And that's the thing I was actually the most passionate about. So my mom 
is a clinical nutritionist. She went to school for nutrition. She got a master's degree in diabetes education. And at the time, and this time I'm in my mid to late twenties. And my mom has been practicing as a clinical dietitian for over 20 years. So the imposter syndrome story that I was up against first was her projecting onto me saying that I could not, there's no, there's no way I could possibly teach people about nutrition if I didn't go back to school and get a degree in it and get the clinical credentials. Like, what do you mean? You can't teach this to people. That's not safe. You don't know enough. And that's where I started. That's where I started. So my mom, you know, supportive of the idea that I wanted a career change, you know, loved the idea that I wanted to follow in her footsteps. But there was a clear, clear projection of story that the only way I could do that would be if I got a clinical degree and a license and did all of the things that she had done to earn her credentials. And so I realized, I was like, you know, this is really not the route I want to go. I, the, this is the exact opposite of the route I want to go because the healthcare system is failing people left and right. That's not truly helping people be healthier. I'm seeing like, I don't, there's no chance that I want to talk to people about, you know, like that's just not it. That is not it. I want to teach people how to be truly well and truly healthy. And I want to get into education around this. I don't need to go get a clinical degree to educate people on food quality and around like serving sizes and how to, how to implement this alongside their fitness routines. And I really like that. That is not the path I want to go. So I started really getting into and speaking with a lot of nutrition coaches, people who had gone through programs like precision nutrition, IIN, and a few others that I was researching and I knew that I could do this outside of the clinical, right? And outside of the healthcare system. And that was incredibly important to me and still is a very strong pillar place that I want to plant my flag because I believe those systems are failing us. And that really the true education and the front lines of health and well-being and mental health are in in health coaching and helping people stay healthy and be healthy and get healthy before they even need to get into, into the realm of what you'll get if you go to a doctor or a hospital. So this story was so deeply ingrained in me that even though I decided, eventually I decided to go get the nutrition certification, I decided to start working with clients. I decided to start hosting nutrition challenges. I decided to start like teaching classes at the gyms that I was working with and I was having really good success in it. But the entire time I kept thinking, oh my God, my mom's telling me like, I can't possibly do this because I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified. I'm not credentialed. Like this isn't safe. (laughs) And I let that run my life, even though I had started generating enough income to leave my corporate job. I had really been impacting and creating big ripple effect for the gym that I was working with. I saw the changes in my friends and colleagues that were implementing, or not colleagues, not my colleagues, they're my my clients, um, that's my word, um, that were implementing the things I was teaching them. I was hearing from people tell me about how much I had changed their entire view around food and how simple and easy it could be and how much better they felt and how less stressed they were and how less burnt out they were, how much happier they were in their lives and their relationships and some of them in their jobs, right? Because they started taking care of themselves for the first time. So even though my mom's story was running in the background, I just was like, I'm, I am adamant that I'm going to do this. Like, I'm just going to push through. I'm going to really push through until it hit the point where I, I couldn't push through anymore. And I had been working with, I had taken the strong coach courses. I'd been working and being mentored through the strong coach community. I had sought other mentors. I've been starting to really like 
build a strong network of peers. And, and I had all of my passion, all of my like business learning skill sets, all of the additional certifications I started collecting and the clients I consist, I had been doing this full time for about two years. And then I hit the point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. And the only reason that I gave in, or the only reason that I just was like, I can't do this anymore looking back on it was my imposter syndrome. If I had kept going with my nutrition course, if I had kept going sourcing new clients, if I had kept going building new relationship with gyms, that's what I would be doing right now. And I'd be doing a damn good job at it, (laughs) but that wasn't the path and that's okay. So what happened was I hit my next major stage of imposter syndrome, which was that I'm not good enough to continue to run this business on my own. And I believed that I needed more help in marketing and sales and fulfillment and all of that. And that rather than thinking that I was capable of being a business owner who could hire on help and support, I said, I can't do it. I can't do it. I have to, I have to go get another job. I just can't do this anymore. Then enter next chapter, (laughs) next chapter. I completely give up on my business. I stopped working with clients hardly as much. I, I was going through some things personally at this time in my life too. I was in a relationship that really was not, was not a great place for me to be. Well, actually let me rephrase this. I was in a story about my relationship that was not a good place for me to be because the relationship itself was valuable (laughs) and the relationship itself was supportive and there was a lot of love in it. It was my story about the thing. So I was struggling in that. My mom had had open heart surgery and it was a very challenging she had a near death experience, open heart surgery, like big things for me to be dealing with on my own. And I had just moved back to New York city after about three or four months away where I thought I was leaving for good. I get back to New York. I quit on my coaching, my entrepreneurial coaching jobs, career clients, whatever. And I decide to look for a job and I, and I manifested the most perfect job for me, which was to be a general manager at row house in Brooklyn. And I am so grateful for that job. And I love Row House so much. It's taught me a ton. And that was, it was, even though it was me giving up on something, it was absolutely the right step for me to take in the path to get me to where I am now. So what happened was that as soon as I quit (laughs) coaching and I I quit, I want to say I quit. I mean, I let my clients packages run out. I wasn't signing new clients. I wasn't going to relaunch my nutrition course, nutrition 101. I was just like, I don't have, I'm out of gas in my tank to keep doing this. And I knew I needed income because I just moved back to New York city and that was not cheap. So enter this job with row house, which is to, to be a general manager of the facility. And ultimately that combined my ability and skills in sales and marketing, my coaching development and leadership, my sales development of a sales team, and then just overall my desire to work under, to be in a brick and mortar facility. That was really where I thought my goal was at the time that I was working all online. Funny looking back at it now, I was working online when everyone was working brick and mortar. Then I was like, I want to work brick and mortar. I go to brick and mortar and then boom, 2020 happens and COVID shuts down everything. So I take on this job with Row House and I'm stoked about it because I knew that I could fulfill the team development. I knew that I could like totally crush the membership sales. And I knew that it was a, it was a modality that I believed in. I had for an important piece of information that I neglected to share in the beginning of this portion is that my sport in high school and college was rowing. So for me, row house is like, Oh my God, hell yeah. I know this machine in and out the concept two rower. I understand the sport in and out. I teach this for days. I love the methodology that they teach. I love the way they do it. This is for me. So I go down this path and, and I had no intentions of coaching. 
I was like, no, I am the girl. I'm the manager. I don't coach. I develop the coaches. I develop the sales team. I sell the memberships. I do the client relationships. That's it. I don't coach until I started coaching. And that was my next imposter syndrome story, which was that I am not a fitness coach. That was what I told myself the entire time. I was like, I'm not a fitness coach. I'm not good enough to be a fitness coach. I don't know enough about fitness to coach this. Mind you, <laughs> right? Like at that point, I've been doing like daily workouts consumed with understanding how every, how the body works and the mechanics work consumed with the understanding of the psychology around coaching and how to help people actually create behavior change, how to motivate, how to cue, how to speak well. I had taken the enlifted certification. So I had that under my belt and I was like, you know, like if I was ever going to coach anything in fitness, of course it would be rowing. I've actually coached rowing before, you know, within, within my team and within, um, summer camps and different things. I've done. What do you mean, Kim, you can't be a fitness coach and coach rowing the thing that, you know, more than anything else. Right. I mean, come on, the imposter syndrome is like very interesting, like hysterical for me to say this out loud to you now. Like that's just, it's just, you can hear, I can hear how crazy it is. You can hear how crazy I sound when I say that. And I really believed it. I was like, I can't be a fitness coach. Like what the hell? I'm not doing that. Push comes to shove. I take Rojas University, which is the corporate training. For the first time ever, I have to take a personal trainer certification. I get my NASM, you know, and I'm and I'm like, okay, I'm coaching now. I'm teaching classes. And here's what I found out in that stage of that version of the imposter syndrome. That's when I figured out that I was really afraid to be seen. That's when I figured out that I was afraid to use my voice, which again, both of those things now are are different. But I was afraid to have a microphone attached to my face and to be on a platform while teaching and leading that class. And so I just went and did it. Even though I knew I was afraid to I was afraid to do it. I was afraid and I just stepped in and I said, "All right, this is my job. This is what I have to do. I have all of the skills. I have all of the experience. I have all the desire to do it at that point too. I had really like fallen in love with it. I was like, I really want to do this. And still every time it was like just a gut-wrenching thing of like, I don't want to do, oh my God, like I'm holding myself back. And the only thing that got me through that was reps. Was reps, that's it. That was the only thing that got me through that. There was no talking myself into something different. There was no mantras or affirmations. There was no like story or identity shift exactly. Like it was like, I had to prove that one to myself with reps. Fast forward three entire years of coaching row house classes and being eventually right. I would say the first, the first six months of it was uncomfortable. And then it became, and there was new and different challenges as we were reopening the studio after COVID. I taught classes online for a while. Then I started teaching to a small room and then eventually a full room. And what I learned through that process was that I was a really good coach and I really had fun doing it too that I enjoyed that experience, that high of the endorphins high pumped up music and that me motivating and cheerleading people. And like the rush of that room lit me up more than anything else. And the only way I got over that imposter syndrome story was reps. Reps. Would you imagine that? What a way to get over the imposter syndrome. Now, one key piece that has been part of the story up until now that I'm telling is the introduction of the enlifted method that happened kind of like simultaneously of me taking the job at row house, learning the enlifted work, integrating it into my own life. And the first stories that I dealt with were the ones around that relationship that I mentioned and a lot of the things around my family. And I really wasn't intending to coach with the enlifted method. I was, 
I was in a place personally that I really needed to unwind those stories and that I really didn't think that that was going to be something I was going to integrate into my practice. Even though the entire time I was nutrition coaching, which I was still doing up and through that point too, when I was working at Row House, I was still working with some clients one-to-one, mostly women on weight loss and building their own, you know, like an accurate story and reflection of themselves. And I started to realize that I was like, well, shit, (laughs) Like, okay, all of these people that I'm coaching between my nutrition clients, my uh, clients at Row House, my team at Row House, right? Because I'm also coaching the coaches there. I'm coaching the sales staff. I'm working with all these people. And I realized, wow, the through line in all of this is the mindset. Wow, the through line in all of this is the conflict language and the words they're telling themselves that are preventing them from stepping into the things that they want to do and what had been preventing me from stepping into the things that I wanted to do. And so I started taking the enlifted work more seriously. I started to really, really, really dig in on how can I apply this more? How can I utilize this more? And it was around that time that then Mark England sends me a message and says, Hey, Kim Broadcasting, Mark England from Enlifted here. <laughs> if you've ever gotten voice notes from Mark, you know how they start. And he asked me, he's like, you know, I know you've done some marketing and social media work in the past and you, you know, you, would you want to do that for us at Enlifted? And my first, like, this brings me to my next big imposter syndrome story, the dun, 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 here we are. The next chapter, I forgot, I've lost count now. Are we on like the third or a fourth one at least? So Mark asks me if I want to, if I want to work for them. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to work for you. No, I don't want to do that. I'm not good enough to do that. But you know what? I will have a conversation with Adam because maybe I can point you in some direction of like, next steps or things like I do have that background. I can share a little bit about what I've learned and I'm doing this other thing at row house right now, which I'm really lit up about, but I'll help you guys. Like I'll help you take your next step. So at least share what I know about what worked for me when I did that in the past. So I have the conversation with Adam and I walk out of it with a job (laughs) because, because I realized in that conversation with Adam, that first initial conversation, talking with him about what they wanted to do, which was really just like generate some posts for Instagram. I realized I was like, you guys need an entire marketing department. You don't need somebody to post on Instagram. You need, you need a marketing, like a a marketing person. And in the conversation of explaining with them and, and, or sorry, having not explaining, having the conversation as I was explaining to Adam, I was talking myself into why I was the perfect person for the job and how much I knew about growing and scaling an online coaching business because that entire time, right? I had been developing the skills. I had been implementing them myself. I had been um, learning from the best and I knew exactly what to do. And it was a brand that I believed in. And it was a mission that I wanted to continue to develop my own skills in. And so I walked out with a job. And I decided that, you know, at first it was just working on some part-time low lift things. It was still in the middle of COVID. So, you know, Row House wasn't physically open. I was doing a lot online to maintain that business and to teach classes and, and things. And so I was like, yeah, I'll just do this for a little bit of time until the studio reopens and then see you later, guys. I'll hand you off to someone else. And clearly that's not how it went. Spoiler alert, because you're listening to me here on this podcast. <laughs> so eventually, right, like that imposter story was that my first initial response to Mark being like, you know, I didn't say no to him. I said no to myself. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't, it's not what I want to do. Like, I don't know enough to do that. And then in the conversation with Adam was like, no, actually, I know a lot about this. And I'm, yeah, actually, I am really interested in working with these guys. And yes, this is going to work well for me. So I talked myself into it. 
And then next thing you know, row house reopens, like timeline goes on, you know, make an Instagram post. I'm learning, I'm getting a working dynamic with the Enlifted team. I'm seeing where things are at. And I become really, really, really passionate about the work within Lifted because I see the impact of other coaches are are having with it. I'm building the community. I'm loving it. We're having a blast working together. Like our, our working vibe is really great and so aligned with where I wanted to go. And so we started having a conversation about me coming on full time and there was no imposter syndrome on that. That was clear. I was like, I can work with you guys full time and I can grow this business and I will, I will make you more money. I've already made you more money just by, um, made us more money by doing the the work that I've been doing and bring me on full time. And that's what we did. And then eventually I left my job at row house. I continued to coach. I worked with, I started working with and lifted full time. And then I moved to Virginia because I wanted to be closer to them and I wanted to continue to grow and expand this business. So enter, I think we're on five now, (laughs) five, number five, big imposter syndrome story in my career where the opportunity to start this podcast shows up. And I was really comfortable working alongside Mark and Adam with Mark being the face of the company. No one really knowing that I, you know, a few people knowing me, um, our customers knowing me as a community manager, like, you know, they see me in mighty networks or, or at different events. Like I was far more behind the scenes. And I was comfortable there and that's where I wanted to be. And then the idea of starting this podcast came up and we were at Mark's Lake house and Dave and Chase were there and we were strategizing on what, you know, the next year or couple years of Enlifted would look like and doing some goal setting. And the idea to start a podcast came up and I like immediately everyone looks at me, everybody in the room looks at me and is like, well, obviously Kimberly would host it. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm not doing that. Like, I am not doing that. I don't want to host a podcast. Whoa, hold on. And so imposter syndrome story number five, big time, was the idea of hosting this podcast. And the reason that I felt so, like, uncomfortable with it was that I had had a previous attempt at podcast hosting that where my story was unchecked and it wasn't quite podcasting. It was, I was hosting an Instagram live series every Sunday called coffee talk, where I was bringing on my guests or I was bringing on guests that were my friends and colleagues and talking about different topics around health, wellness mindset. And it was my thing to contribute to the internet during COVID. We were talking a lot about how important it was to get outside and move your body, how important it was to get sunlight, how important it was to breathe, how important it was to, to still see your friends and build those relationships, how important it was for you to make sure sure that you are taking care of your body in the actual ways that would improve your health and immunity versus the ways that were being taught to us um, by the mainstream media. And so I was so passionate about that. And I was so willing to get on every Sunday and have that conversation. But not all of me was because every single week I would dread. Here's the thing. I'll list for you the exact things that I would dread. I would dread making the invitations to my friends to be the guest because I was worried they were going to tell me no. I would dread planning out the show because I was worried that the content wasn't going to be good enough. I would dread showing up and being on there live because, oh my God, what if I say something stupid? I would dread being seen on there live because it was Sunday morning and it was me drinking my coffee and I didn't want to get ready to like put on makeup and do that. So I was like, oh shit, I'm going to look like a wreck. And then I would dread that it lived on there forever and that people would be able to rewatch it. And so this story and like, so it would come you know, it was like Sunday scaries, but really on Saturday, like it would be like, oh my God, I have coffee talk tomorrow. Like shit. 
And my story was so unchecked about it because I was so focused on all those things that I was worried about. So focused on being told no or not being good enough or the content not being good enough or people not liking it or being made fun of or somebody who knew more than me watching it and saying, oh, this dumb girl, right? Like I was so afraid of that. And I was still doing it anyway. Like I was still showing up and doing it anyway, but I really, really, really wasn't very clear on my, on why. Like, even though I was, I was, well, part of me was clear enough on why, because I was still doing it. And I did it for, I think a year, almost an entire year. So like, and I, and, and the way that happened was in my lifted level two, because I wrote that spell that I hosted every week for a year. And Mark was like, list out your guests. I'm like, shit. And then I list them out. He's like, invite them right now. And I did, and I did it right. All of that with the right amount of pressure (laughs) to do the thing that I said I wanted to do, I did execute on it. But so how this plays into starting this podcast was I stopped doing coffee talk when I hit the goal. Cause I was like, I don't like doing this. I don't like being seen. I don't like showing up. I don't like inviting the people. I don't like people hearing me. I don't like that. People can see what I'm doing. All the things that story immediately came up with me when everybody in the room is looking at me to host the get and lifted podcast. And so I'm like, shit, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that again. And I voiced, and and because I was with the people I was with, I voiced why I felt like I didn't want to do it again, why it didn't work for me last time. They helped me work through it. They helped me get clear. And then they just kicked me out the door and said, here you go. And the next thing I knew, Mark England, we decided we're starting a podcast. We had the album art designed. We had the producer hired. We had Mark England had connected me in voice notes with people like John Wolf and Aaron Hind and Anders Varner and leaders of people that I looked up to that I had heard on these shows before. And I was like, shit. I have to do it now. And I did. And I did. And you know how that story ends because we're here. And the the reality of that was like, again, I'm telling you all of these stories from hindsight, which makes them a little bit lighter, which makes them a little bit funnier, which makes the drama potentially. Well, actually, I think the drama is lower. I was going to say the drama would be higher, but I don't think so. I think the drama is lower because because I'm much clearer on the stories. And I've done I've been in the same stages that many of you are at. I've come up against the same imposter syndrome stories or some similar flavor of them to where many of you are at. And I've done it too, even when I didn't want to, or even when I felt like some part of me didn't want to, because not all of me didn't want uh, want to, otherwise I wouldn't have done it. But that evolution in my career at each stage, at each one of those five points where I was like, God damn, like, this is calling me forward to step into a next level of me. The core of what was happening each time I overcame that impo- those imposter syndrome stories was the belief that I could step into that new identity. I'll say that again, and I'm going to slow it down. What got me through each stage of imposter syndrome that I just laid out for you was the belief that I could step into that new identity. Not that I was there, not that I had to be there, not that it was like inevitable that I was there. It was that I could do it. Like I could, like it's possible for me to do it and I can try to do it. The new identity. Well, what is that? That's a new story. That's me telling myself I'm a podcast host. That's me telling myself I don't work in a corporate job anymore. I'm a, I'm a nutrition coach. That's me telling myself when I'm running an entire row house facility, of course I can coach these classes. Like, of course I can be a coach, but it took the conversation, 
right? It took the conversation with me. It took conversations with my coaches, like the people that were guiding and mentoring me. It took many conversations with my therapist in the beginning to overcome that thing with my mom. And I didn't overcome it until I finally got through to the enlifted method, right? Like I didn't really fully overcome the, my mom telling me I had to be a a clinical professional to help people until I got through probably, probably like level two and lifted. And, and I don't know that I even overcame it then necessarily. It was just that I had more arms around that story and, uh, and I could, and I could really like be okay with it because I realized that that wasn't actually the root of the story. The root of the story is other stories within my family and my mom right? Because it's never the thing. It's always the thing that takes us back to the thing and the meaning and da, 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 da. So believing that I could step into that new identity, step one, and then step two is crafting that new identity, right? Who do I want to be as a podcast host? Who do I want to talk to? What do I want to talk to them about? Right? And even bringing it back to where I am now, having just come out of the podcast igniter having really had to ask a lot of those questions of myself, like what, is, who do I want to lead? Why do I want to lead them? What do I want to teach? That is all really, I would say now is getting cemented for me and cl- very clear after over two years of running this show. And even this, this morning we were having a conversation with the team and the freedom builders team talking about the event that we're going to plan for later this year. And uh, our annual event and getting the ball rolling on that now for the fall and talking about like, why do we do this? Like, why do we do the thing that we do? And the, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why, because traditional systems of education and healthcare are failing us. And I believe that coaching is the answer to that. I believe that decentralized education, AKA coaching is the way that we make this world a better place is the way that we get people real solutions. It's the way that we make people truly healthier. It's the way that we put the power back into the hands of the people and take it out of the systems that are failing us, severely failing us and not in every scenario, but in many scenarios. Right. And so to me, it's really important that I teach and lead from my own experience that I share with you the trials and tribulations to get all big wordy about it of how I got to this point where I have coaches looking to me, asking me how to do it. You know, same way that when I was, had my friends and colleagues looking at me after I lost the weight, how'd you do it? I see this as my responsibility to teach because it's the thing that I can't stop thinking about because it's the thing I am obsessed with because it is the thing that has radically transformed my life. And at each stage right? Like when I left my corporate job to go into coaching, I gained so much freedom, so much freedom. Oh my God. Just from freedom from being sitting under fluorescent lights all day, freedom from having to show up on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, every single week, freedom from having to request time of when I could go off. I became, I became in charge of my own schedule in a way that I had never been before ever in my life. I became in charge of my own income in a way that I had never before in my life. I became in charge of my own everything. Like I could, I I created so much freedom for myself by doing that in a way that I couldn't, I really honestly could never go back. And the thing is, is that like, I want that for you as a coach. Yes, of course, because that's the personal benefit. I want you to make a good living doing this because you're making a big impact doing it. Right. I want you as a coach to be able to, to, be the decision maker about what you charge and how much people you, how many people you work with and what that looks like. 
But most importantly, right, those things are, those are important, right? Your freedom, your income, your livelihood. Yes, of course, that's important. But you've heard me say this before on this show. I am here for the ripple effect. I am here because the work that you do, coach, makes a difference in many other people's lives. And when I look around at where the world is right now, and especially the state of people's health and happiness, we got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do. And we got a lot of people to support. And I want you as a professional to have the best tools to get that job done. And I want you to have the support in the community to help you show up and complete that mission, right? Help people be happier and healthier, help people live more fulfilled, optimal, healthy lives, help our society heal from years and years and years of abuse through big food and big pharma. You are part of that mission, just like I am right? I'm getting full body chills. I'm so here for that mission. I am so here for helping you do the damn thing so that you can go impact all those other people. And I'm here to help you live a healthier, healthier, happy, and more optimal life. I'm here to do the same thing for myself because again, I'm obsessed with it. I am obsessed with it. Like, honestly, like my family is pissed at me for how obsessed I am about it. My friends who are not as obsessed about it probably are pissed at me for not being... (laughs) how obsessed I am about it. I care so much. I care so much, right? That's why I like get all the toxic shit out of my house. It's why I shop at the farmer's market. It's why I make sure that I'm moving my body. It's why I wear the stupid blue light blockers. You know, it's why I show up on these podcasts and, and motivate and teach and inspire because I care so freaking much. And so, and I know you're listening because you care too. I know that's why you're here. I know that this, like my passion is contagious for you. And I know that the work that we do within lifted is, is helping you lead this charge. And I know that the work that we're doing together is helping the world become happier, healthier, and overall relieved of the victim mentality and in the driver's seat of their own lives, people who can then go do other things, right? Because like my contribution to the world is not necessarily to like go revolutionize technology or to go like radically change and transform systems of government or whatever. That's not my job. My job, like how I see it for myself is to help other people be as healthy as they can so that they can go do that thing that they're passionate about. Right. And, and then ripple effect again, here we go. Abracadabra, it works. So every level of your life, every level of your career, expect that you're going to come up against the imposter syndrome expect that you are going to have something, right? That is going to some part of you, some voice in your head, that's going to question if you're good enough to do the thing is going to wonder, is this actually feasible or realistic for me? Is this something that I can accomplish or achieve and expect that expect it? It's normal. We all have it. What do you do to overcome it is an entirely different conversation. So I'm going to leave you with an exercise uh, that I did with a, in a workshop last week, and you can go play along for yourself because practical tools, that's what we're all about here at Unlifted. And if you made it this far in the episode, thank you. Thank you for listening to my passionate, passionate monologues. And all right, so let's, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do the exercise. So I, I led this in a workshop of about, I think there was like six or eight. Yeah. About like, Yeah like six or eight female coaches, all alternative health practitioners who are doing, doing the real work to help people heal, right? Where the system has failed them, the healthcare system has failed them. They're offering alternative practices 
like nutrition and breath work and um, holistic remedies and, you know, all of that. And so these women are all very passionate practitioners and clear that they are offering something of value and that they want to continue to contribute to the conversation. In the beginning of the workshop, I, well, I wouldn't say silly. I made the assumption that they wanted to learn from this workshop based on, you know, the conversation I had with the the woman's group, the woman who hosts the group. Like I was like, oh, they would totally just want to go right to the tools of the unlifted method. Like they know it's the client's story. They know the problem. They, they're, they're hip. They're with it. Let's just go right in. I'm going to teach the tools. And I'm glad that I didn't <laughs> because within the first like 10 minutes, I open up the dialoguing because it's a small group. I asked them all to tell me a little bit about themselves, where they're at in their coaching business and why, you know, what they would like to get out of the workshop today. And every single one of them told me a story of imposter syndrome. Every single one of them told me a story of imposter syndrome. And they didn't say I have imposter syndrome. What they said is I worry if people are going to think that this is going to help them. I wonder if people think I'm good enough at this. I worry if I'm going to have enough clients. I, you know, and maybe they don't say I worry. It's like, this is the, the thing. They're like, I'm at this stage where I don't know if my content's really, really hitting for people. I don't want to, um, I don't want people to think I'm weird, right? Like those are real statements that we went through. I said to the group, I was like, are you guys cool if I scrap the curriculum I came with and I do something more, more potent and beneficial for you right now? And they all looked at me like, yeah, of course, duh. Like, yeah, let's, let's go. We're in. I'm like, all right. So I had everyone take out a piece of paper and now we're at the exercise. So we're going to do this together. Take out a clean sheet of paper and a pen or a notepad on your phone or a, you know, on your computer, your laptop, wherever. And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to just get like silent and still for a second. And we're going to get dropped in so that we're focused and we're clear, take a few deep breaths, whatever your practice is to get you focused and here with me. And I want you to just think for a second about the place in your life where imposter syndrome is showing up the most, right? Like, is it your coach? I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm willing to bet it's around your coaching. And maybe it's not, maybe it's something else, but where is that showing up the most in your life where you question yourself, where you wonder if you're good enough, where the conversation around, you know, just like, does anybody going to get it? Like what area of your life is that showing up the most in identify that. And then the next thing that I want you to do is think of the specific words and phrases that you hear when you start thinking about that area of your life. Right. And just, we're not writing anything down yet. I want you to just let them roll through your head. You know, is anyone ever really going to listen to you? Like, do you really think you can grow this podcast? Do you think you could be as good as Andrew Huberman? <laughs> like, you know, um, are you really good enough to teach this? Whatever the thing is, right? Like, just, I want you to just hear those statements and roll through your own head. And now I want you to give that part of you, that imposter voice, a name. We're giving this thing a character, right? I'm going to use the same name as my Billy, that bitch, Kimmy, K-I-M-M-I, because that's the most annoying way to spell Kimmy. So I want you to give it the character a name so that we can externalize a little bit, separate it from us as a whole. And at the top of the page, your clean sheet of paper, you're going to write that name down. And then I want you to go back into those thoughts that that person say or says, or the way they think and speak. And then I want you to write down on that piece of paper exactly as you hear them in your head, exactly as you hear them in your head. I want you to write as much as you can, get it all down on the piece of paper, and then exhaust 
the paper and the pen, get everything done. And when you are complete and you have written everything that that person says, right, you know, over the next, like, take like three to five minutes, do all that writing, pause me, and then come back in once you've got it all down on paper. And all the ladies did this in the workshop. They all did it. And, and then the shock value came because I said, all right, who wants to play? And two women were like, okay, I'll play. And I had them read what they wrote on the paper out loud to the rest of the group. It got emotional. Of course it did because we speak to ourselves so harshly compared to how we might speak to someone else. And when you put those, those words down on paper, they become externalized. And now you realize, oh, wow, that's really what I'm saying. Oh shit. Right. So I want you to do that. I want you to take what you wrote and I want you to invite a friend, um, a colleague, your mom, your dog, someone to do this exercise with you and ask them, and this is how you frame it to them. Hey, I'm doing an exercise right now. And I would love if you could just listen to me, like sit here and just listen to me. Please don't respond. I don't, you, you don't want them to start coaching you unless it's an enlifted coach. If you've got a friend that's an enlifted coach, call their ass up right now and say, Hey, can I do this with you? Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> They'll say yes. <laughs> it won't take very much time. So if you've got an enlifted coach friend, call them up. Otherwise, just tell your friends, hey, I, you know, I'm not looking for any feedback or response here. I just would like you to witness me and listen to what I'm going to say. And then I want you to read exactly what's on the paper. And then afterwards, I want you to ask yourself, how did that make me feel? What am I feeling? Where am I feeling it in my body? Check in and assess where you're at. And then we're going to do it again. But this time, we're going to read it at 70% of our normal rate of speech. So slower and slower. And same thing for the other person. Just listen. They don't need to say anything back. And I want you to check in on the feels again. Yes, we're four-stepping. So check in on the feels again. How did it shift when you slowed it down? Was it more emotional, less emotional? Where did that starting point emotion go? Is it higher, lower on a scale of one to 10? What am I feeling? Has the has my body, my body's response changed? Am I getting hot? Am I, am I my palms sweating? Am I getting a knot in my stomach? Where are we at? And then... Step four, we're going to do it one more time. I'm read every sentence on that piece of paper. And at the end of the sentence, you're going to take a full inhale and a full exhale. (sighs) Right in between each statement and things are going to shift. If you follow that four step process, write it down, read it out loud, read it slower, read it with breath. Things are going to shift. Now here's what happened in the workshop. I'll tell you what happened. So one of the women that I was working with, she read her statements out and she was, she was pretty emotional. She, you know, each stage I asked her and checked in and she said, you know, I can't believe I'm speaking to myself like this. I have, you know, my uh, partner tells me all the time, like, I really need to be nicer to myself and less harsh to myself. And I, when I hear him say it, you know, I always just brush it off. But now when I'm seeing what I'm saying to myself and what I'm, how I'm actually treating myself, like I'm, I'm really sad. I'm really hurt. And I'm really struggling with this. And she had a few statements that were holding the whole thing together. And I'm going to share them with you so that you can understand how to potentially translate some of these or get more accurate on it. She had one statement that said, I feel like a fraud or like, I feel like I am a fraud. And I asked her to read that one and and tell me like, where's she's like, you know, how does it feel to say that? And what feeling, what, what, what's going on. And she reads it and she's like, it's just not true. I'm not a fraud. And so we go from, I feel like I'm a fraud to feel like soft talk. I am a fraud. 
That's not true. I am not a fraud negation. And then this is where her, like her skull cracked open. I said to her, if you're not a fraud, what are you? Dramatic pause, dramatic pause, dramatic pause. She's looking up. She's looking around. She's trying to find the words. She's like, I don't, what do you, I, I said again, I asked her again, if you're not a fraud, what are you? And she's like, I just, I, she's like, the only thing that's coming to mind is I'm a bad bitch. And her hands go up and her face lights up and she's full of this excitement in herself. And she's like, yeah, I'm a bad bitch. I'm not a fraud. Mind you, like I'll leave her personal details out of this because it's, you know, she's definitely not a fraud. I'll tell you that for sure. She's got the credentials. She's got the experience. She's got the passion. She is not a fraud. So when she lights up and she says that and she's like, but that's not like, I mean, I know that's not what you're asking. I was like, that's exactly what I'm asking. Because that response that you just gave me here of you saying, I'm a bad bitch and how much your body expanded and how much your face lit up and how your voice changed. That's what I'm looking for. That's how I want you to, that's how I want you talking to you. And she's like, okay, all right, cool. Awesome. We move on. There's a few more sentences I have her read, which one was, I don't know enough and I can't do this. Something similar to that. If I remember correctly and I have her read those and she says, she's like, she reads them. She was like, I don't know enough and I can't do this. And she, before I could even say anything to her, she's like, that's not true. I do know enough. I can do this. And so I say to her, all right, perfect. Take your pen and cross out NT on I don't know enough and then cross out NT on I can't do this, right? And she's like, oh my God. And then she's like, I said, read them again. I can do this. I do know enough. I say, okay, I want you to read them again. And in between, we're gonna breathe and I want you to say it three times. So we rep it out and we go, I can do this. I do know enough. two more times. And by the time that we were through that and we reminded her that she is in fact a bad bitch, she walked out of there, lit up her whole face, completely telling herself a different story. She reached out to me later, uh, almost instantly after we hung up that call on Instagram and said, thank you so much. This is so impactful. I really did not expect to go there tonight. That was not at all what I thought this, like what the session was going to be. And I'm so grateful for that experience. She was like, it was really tough for me emotionally to get through that. I really, I felt a lot of feelings acknowledging that story and the way I was speaking with myself and thank you for guiding me through it. And absolutely. You're welcome. I love teaching this. I love doing that. I especially love teaching this to women, especially women that are working in a similar field to me. I like nothing lights me up more. I'm like, you're lit up. I'm lit up. Everybody wins. (laughs) And, and so the, the conversation from there, right. Is like when you externalize that imposter voice, you give it a name, you write it down, right. And maybe you have similar statements to what I just said. If you're not a fraud, what are you? taking out the negations, right? That's the practice of the unlifted method, right? It's the four step. It's asking the questions. It's reframing the thoughts. It's changing the language slightly to create a different picture, a different feeling and emotion in your body. And when you do that, the whole thing changes, the whole thing changes and the whole energy changes around doing it, right? Your thoughts change, your actions change, your thoughts change, your feelings change, your thoughts change, your emotions change. Everything changes when you change those thoughts. And here's the problem as to why 
maybe you haven't done this before. You didn't even know to do it. We're not taught this in school. Do I have to go on a rant again about how education is failing us? <laughs> We're not taught this in school. We don't know. Like you're learning this on this podcast or you're learning this in the Enlifted Coaches certifications or you're learning this in vocabulary or the Enlifted Coaches Essentials or because you came to a workshop with Mark and I. You're learning this here. So go easy on yourself if it's not fully integrated. Go easy on yourself if the imposter voice still shows up from time to time. Go easy on yourself if you, you know, give into it for a period of time or go easy on yourself if what happened to me, you quit on yourself at some point. Because what's important is that you keep going. I didn't quit for good back in, you know, example number one or number two, where I was when I gave up on my coaching practice, I didn't quit. I looked for a new path to get to where I wanted to go. And what I couldn't have known then, but what I can clearly see now was that switch and change for me to go work at row house. And then eventually to, to learn and lift it. And eventually to say yes to working with and lift it, eventually to get, to say yes to this podcast has now put me in this position to do all of the things that I wanted to do on a much bigger scale. Everything is happening for you. Everything is happening right on time. Your job is to keep showing up and your job is to keep doing the damn thing. You're welcome. Goodbye. Hey coach, ready to get your clients out of their own way and over their shitty mindset? Start by learning the words and make mindset coaching practical. Master the Enlifted Method and guide your clients to lasting results by changing their words. To enroll in the next class of Enlifted Level 1 certification, head on over to enlifted.me and click Get Certified. Let us know you're loving the show. Subscribe, leave a five-star review, and be sure to share it with your friends. Abracadabra.